2: Go ahead, Riv. You want to go morning, and air out, our, air out our dirty shit on the with Thomas about why there was no show yesterday? No, uh, no was, Petey dropped the ball waiting. again. I figured you guys were lazy.
0: Oh, the, no one's lazy around here. Um, Vanner, just my, uh, some technical difficulties. My computer again. was on
2: Easter break. Yeah. <laughs> Episode 250 for those wondering.
0: Good morning, Craig. How was Shred and Ragging this morning? It's good good those uh it's it's great talking to those guys so easy and uh you know consensus from from them is super excited about what they're seeing with with the sabers and uh young uh young levi so you know i think people people here are pretty excited with uh with, with what they're doing they're
2: dying to get you on van they want you bad all right set
1: it up you're my uh you're my agent now.
2: I told them last week on the air. I was like, I was like, we'll try to get Thomas for you. I go, he's he's in high demand, boys. I go, all the big, all the big companies are calling. They all, all the big broadcasting uh, corporations <laughs> up in Canada, down here in the U.S. And yeah, sorry, after the whistle gentlemen.
1: is really uh, jump-starting a new
2: career listen, for me here. Listen, ESPN, TNT, Sportsnet, TSN, all of you. If you have a question for. For Thomas Vanek, you just send it to the show.
1: That's right. <laughs> <I'll>
2: <laughs> so what's available so ta- ta- on Tuesdays? What'd you talk? Well, oh, first of all, how about Mini, man? Minnesota. Man. They knocked off my Boston University and then they went down ten seconds into overtime to Quinnipiac.
1: Crusher. An absolute crusher. I mean.
0: Six snipe you know, I- by that by that kid, though.
1: Yeah. Right? I mean, Quinnipiac, I mean, they I mean, that's a good team. You know, it's not a well known school, but Man, they they were good all year. They have been good for many years. And uh,
0: why are they, they came so out good of nowhere? There? Didn't they? Why are they so good? Because they're not getting the elite players, right? No, no but it's...
1: I think you know, I, I think the coach there, uh, Rand, I think he's done a really good job. And I think you know, he coached a U.S. junior team a few years back, so I think he, he's got a lot of respect. And I think he's done a great job, uh, you know, recruiting. Not not like you said, not the top tier. You know, kids, because those those guys want to go to BC, BU, Michigan's, and so on. But
0: which is uh, a problem?
1: Yes and no, obviously, because he's proven that that you can win without those guys. You know, with, with yeah. team structure, I think he he recruited a, a goaltender that's you
0: know really really good. Yep. And uh, where I'm going with this is the BUs, the Boston colleges. The team, the, the 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 universities like that or the colleges like that basically acquire the elite of the elite. And those kids only stay for two years. So they're there for 18 and 19 and then they're gone because they're, you know, a lot of them are playing in the NHL, right? You look at Levi. He went there for, I guess, three years, but it was kind of, he played two years of hockey. Um, He leaves after junior year. A lot of these... A lot of these kids that go to Boston College, Boston University, the Michigans, they don't last the full four years. We're at Quinnipiac. If you, if these Boy, you're, you're looking at, you're looking at getting really good hockey players. Okay. But not the elite of the elite hockey players. And those kids typically stay for the four years. Would you agree? Or at least three.
1: I I, I do agree, but at the same time, we're talking about a, a small amount, right? I mean, it's it's two free kids that leave early, and those are high-end kids that any program would take for one year or two years. But mo- a lot of those schools also have 15, 16, 17 kids on the roster that graduate. So I think for Minnesota, for myself, it was an absolute you know, disappointment because a team like that, I've watched this team for many years, They got six, seven defensemen. They're going to play in the national hockey league to, to, to have a team like that might not ever happen again. So, you know, and, and obviously the, the offensive talent with those D men is, is, is crushing, but at the same time, that's college sports, man, that that's why it's, it's tough to win. It's a one game shot.
2: Well, let's talk about one of those D men and one of them being Ryan Johnson. And I I guess I'll, I'll ask this question because of our lost recording yesterday, I thought Craig and I were having, this was part part of our best, this is our best conversation we were having yesterday. Mm-hmm. And my question is, why would Ryan Johnson want to sign with the Buffalo Sabres and not go to I would to say, why not, right? Pardon?
1: Why not? I mean, what's I mean, I understand that he's he can become a free agent come, I believe, August fifteenth, but at the same time, you know, this is a team that's drafted you, obviously believes in you. I, I do think there's potential for
2: him to to play in the top six. Top six, but don't you think he wants to be a top four? And there's no room for him in the top four. You already have three left hand shot defensemen in the top four for the next, well, Samuelson's seven years.
0: Yeah, I mean, next ten years.
2: Saline's ten years. Uh, Powers hopefully t- eight to ten years, and then you're not going to have four lefties. And I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong, Vanner. He'd be a no. great five-six bottom pair, but I'm saying yeah. for like for his maximum potential and and earning ability, mm-hmm. being a top four defenseman is more valuable to him, and probably something he wants to be more than just a. A piece on a defense corps. I don't know. I could be wrong, but he's he's pretty fucking good, man.
1: He's really good. He's really good, and he's 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 quiet good. You know, he he's not one of those darlings that stands out with this, but he he's a guy that you want in your lineup. I mean, I look at I watched. You know, I was flip flopping through games yesterday, and uh, Brock Faber. He's you know a Minnesota gopher with the Wilds made his debut last night, so I watched a little bit and. It's amazing how that, you know, kids out of college step in now and and they're like, wow. I mean, he played against, it was the Blackhawks, granted, they're not very good. But he played 22 minutes and he looked like he's played a couple hundred games. Just comfortable, good positioning, knowing what to do. So the learning curve isn't anymore what it used to be because the, the college hockey game is good. Because look how many Canadians play, Europeans. I remember when I played college hockey... Twenty years ago, there was only a handful of Europeans, only a handful of Canadians, or more than a handful of Canadians. But now,
2: hey, that the, that, the, the NCAA
1: that, has really elevated
2: that. To go to your point, and I'll let you continue. That BU Minnesota game that I watched—that's like the second college game entire of its entirety that mm-hmm. I watched in, in this year. I've watched bits and pieces of a lot, but mm-hmm. that game had NHL speed to it at times. That oh. so it, it was an incredible pace.
1: Yeah. I mean and, and again I mean when I played you had your 15 you know to 20 schools I would say that were high powered high goal and now you know you look at the last 10 years you have schools like Union winning Quinnipiac like schools that that the average hockey player doesn't know but that's because of the depth and the the, the, the mm-hmm. amount of players Union that want won to play like NCAA hockey the last
2: 10 years I think Providence has won in the last 10 years some of these other schools that aren't you know monsters but but you were talking about the game and how it translates to the NHL and Ryan Johnson.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he's another guy that, to me, can probably step in and then play uh, play NHL minutes. And, and, but you're right. Is Buffalo the best fit for him? Probably not, you know. And, and he's earned that right to decide that on his own. Does he want to sign there, or do I wait a couple months and I can go to Columbus, I can go to Anaheim? I can go somewhere where, like you said, you know, have a chance to play top four minutes. So that's a decision I'm sure him and his family wants to
0: stay in Minnesota. Tell us, tell us, tell us what type of defenseman he is. Give us, give us the pros on his game and what he does really well.
1: Well, I think first of all, he's got a great stick. He's a good defender. And I do think there's some upside offensively because he has. His hockey IQ is very good. So he's he he's got a good first pass, you know, letting those forwards play with speed and then not just off the glass and out. But offensively, I mean he had a good year, but at the same time he wasn't a power play guy or nothing because the Minnesota Golfers have six NHL defensemen, which is crazy to think in a college team to have that much depth. You know, you put him on a different team, he probably has double the amount of points he had this year. So I, I do, you know, as you guys know, you played the game. It's all about opportunities and what you can do with that opportunity. But I, I think he's one of those those guys that definitely have more upside. What's than he struggle
0: with? What's he struggle with? What's his downside in his game?
1: Well, I know. Downside, I think for any kid out of college, I think the downside is, is even though college kids are older, I think he's still getting used to the strength on, on, on shifts. You know, I think the depth obviously is a lot better in NHL hockey, you know, guys are better at cutbacks, stronger. So I think for him, it's just to get used to the speed and probably put on a, a few more pounds to get more solid. Cause but, he's not
0: a real big kid. You know, six no, feet tall no. is six feet tall is a solid size kid. Um, but looking at all of the, all of the, the sites have him at one seventy 170 to 173 pounds. That's, that's, that's small.
1: I mean, riffs. It's not what when you used to play. You were probably on the average size or, or somewhat on the bigger side. I mean, look at look at the NHL defenseman now. You you can we can probably count ten that are monsters, right? I mean Pareko. I mean maybe not even yeah. ten. The yeah. rest of them are are the the leans. smaller, I mean, good, smooth puck move, moving, good stick, puck moving. That's the game. That's why the scoring is up, right? There's a reason. Why there's so many 100-point guys, because there is no more, you know, 50 Craig Reves, 50 Chris Prongers. Not that there was 50 Chris Prongers, but at the yeah. same height, strength, cross-checking, physical, boxing out in front. There's a reason why the game is higher scoring and more 100-point guys, because it's it's on the smaller side, faster, more skilled side.
0: Yep. Let me, let me ask you this last question about him. Because I I'm sure you've watched these guys more than more than you know any yeah. any one of myself or Petey, but how is he as a defender? Like you talked about, you know, his numbers were not great, but that being said, put on another team, his numbers offensively would have gone up because he would have got more opportunity on power play, stuff like that. But I'm looking at strictly how is this kid? As a defender, okay, Vanner, tell me if this if this comparison
2: w- is is fair. We both played with this guy, silent every night, but the most of one of the most efficient defensemen I've ever played with in my entire life. And he played Paulie at the Luzman. University of Minnesota.
1: Okay, he's a Leopold. guy by the
2: name of Paul Martin. Paul Martin,
1: ah, uh, man, Paulie was special. Paulie, no, I, I don't think. It's a good comparison, but Polly was smooth, smart. I I do see similarities. Under the radar. Under the radar. radar. Yeah. Like
0: people right now that's listening to this podcast have absolutely no idea who you're talking about.
1: Exactly. No. Where Paul was better at was those little, you know, little two foot, three foot, four foot, five foot little dink plays, uh, as we call them, right? Like he comes back, and you think he's gonna get absolutely murdered, and he makes a little sidestep and just floats the puck in a little area where his forward can pick it up. Do I think Johnson has it in him? Yeah, at times I've seen it consistently. I don't know as far as defender. What Ribs is asking, I think he's a really good defender. Again, defender is not anymore the cross checking the 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 killing guys, his stick is always in a good spot. He doesn't seem like he's ever too much out of position. He knows where to go. He, he you was know, a good PK guy.
0: Huh? He's hired. You just well, said, yeah, just, absolutely. I mean, I just just hit it on guys. the head, PK guy.
2: You can't force him, Riv. It's not like you can throw more money at him. That's and the that's, problem.
1: And that's, and that's, see, and that's, I think we've talked about this before, right? I wish the CBA would change that. Where
2: ice this kid to sign right now if he's going to get a million dollar check?
1: Exactly. If, if the team that drafts a college kid has an option to give give him more money, right? Because that's the only advantage the team has. What 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 advantage does the Buffalo Sabers right now have by drafting this kid? They're at, at kid? a total disadvantage. So what they, what do they, they, they get, get if he walks away,
2: Thomas? It's
0: what's that Rip? What do they get if he walks away? If he signs, I think they get
1: a, a pick. That's, I think, 32 spots below where they picked them. Yeah, it'd be a second rounder, it'd be a late second rounder.
0: But you can't tell me that you'd be disappointed with a second round draft pick for this guy. At the I end would. of the day, no, but- if they if they cannot get this guy signed, yeah, you can't tell me that you're not you're you're sitting there going, okay, I'm I'm gonna get a second round draft pick for this no, guy. Not even, yeah. No. I think because it's very Because this guy's not a first rounder. The guy drafted 4 years ago in the first round, 31st overall. This isn't a first round draft pick. Yeah, but, but maybe but, now he's ready to but be But besides a top or. 10 pick, how
1: many of them are first rounders? Really? I mean that, that's that's a game we can play any year, right? Mm-hmm. I mean it's but who who are you going to pick up in the second round? That's that's is a second round is a great asset. It's a great asset, don't get me wrong.
0: But what well, what I would say is defensemen um in the second round have the ability to pop it's almost like starting all over again saying okay this didn't work this 31st pick didn't work okay i don't see ryan johnson as a first round draft pick he's going to be a solid kid come out a junior he's played four years there or not not in junior but college hockey he's he's Craig, play.
2: Craig, let me ask you something. You're telling me right now that if if a four-year college guy could
0: re-enter the draft like a two-year junior guy, that a team wouldn't take him in the first fucking round? Okay, you, this kid right here, Ryan Johnson. He goes in the draft. Where does he go? Maybe.
2: Probably, where he, Probably Mid, where he went. Probably where oh, he went. The late first not, round. Not, not, not even close.
0: Not oh. even close because he's yeah. not. He pl- pl- teams, teams that pick first-rounders and, and second-rounders are looking for dynamic hockey players dynamic game changers they're not looking for guys that are going to be your sixth defenseman because i can find tons of those guys there you're, are lots of you, guys when that you're were looking at a first and second round draft pick you're looking defensemen. to hit the home run
1: is Gergensen? He was a first-round pick. Is he dynamic? I mean, you can go through and through the list. He I'm was a Latvian
0: locomotive man. He was literally like a superstar coming out of that country. He's the he he, he was played in he soft. played in
1: the USHL.
0: He played in Dubuque. I know he, that they, they, he played in Dubuque. But how yeah, old was he? Eighteen. Okay, but when he was seventeen, and and younger, they knew about this kid. They no, knew but, about this kid from Latvia. He was, he was the best <laughs> Latvian born hockey player at that time. And that's why he went 16th overall. And you remember back to Zemgus Gurgens? because I can still remember about this. They were talking about his physical attributes. Do you remember that? They talked about this guy at 18 years old is literally a man child. He is a full grown man playing in where some kids that are drafted when they're 18 still have many years like Casey Middlestad, who couldn't do one chin up at the friggin' combine and then you have Zemgus Gergensen, who's an absolute unit. They talked about him way 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 back when he was playing, he was a unit. He was he was a a super high-end player at that age. So you're looking to hit home runs. That's what home that's what first rounders are is hitting home runs. Like you look at the Detroit Red Wings when they when they had uh, So So wait a minute, with, uh, so wait a minute. Home Bart run. Home run. How, many like, the, is- how many first rounders
2: haven't first rounders haven't panned out, Riv? So you're talking about home run. So I don't even know why we're arguing this because it, it's there, there's it's, not really an argument. No, no, it just it doesn't no. it doesn't it doesn't matter because he can't re enter the draft. All I'm saying to you is that is that if a team in the first round could look at a defenseman, a defenseman, and say, I could insert him in our lineup right now. They're going to draft him right now. They would take Ryan Johnson right now over, I bet, a vast majority of the defensemen that are eligible for the draft because they're years away, especially for defensemen.
1: I agree with Petey. And that, that's what my point when, was earlier with the CBA. And you being
2: a defenseman should know that. Go ahead, Vanner.
1: No, but they, don't you guys agree in the CBA, like to give the team advantage? So you like- you
0: make your point, and then you try and take a quick shot at me, and then let Vanner talk. That's just complete horseshit, right <laughs> there. But that's I, I I see where you're coming from with your big smile on your face. The reality is, I wouldn't be picking Ryan Johnson because I can go and find <laughs> dozens of kids that can play on my on my my sixth defenseman or seventh defenseman. That's what Ryan Johnson is. I think his ceiling in the NHL is at very best, at very best, a top four, like a fourth defenseman. That would be the pinnacle. But I don't. But that's that's a
2: second, third rounder. That's a third rounder.
0: No, no, no. Listen, I mean, when you're looking at first round draft picks, you're looking at kids that you can hit home runs with. Like, I mean, guys that are going to be your first. Can you say he's going
1: to be only a, a fourth when you have only seen him once or twice? You said earlier
0: because I can read, and I do read a lot on the kid. I asked you a bunch so, of questions. I asked you a bunch of questions. I think that what you described to me is... are you
1: reading? Who, Whose stuff are you they're, reading? They're a
0: diamond. They're talking about his speed. They're talking about his ability to move pucks out of the zone. There's there's things that you can find on the internet, Vanek, that watch these kids over and over and over and over. And you listen oh. to, there's nothing in here. There's not one single thing said about Ryan Johnson where he's going to be a dy- dynamic player. Well, I mean,
1: who are those guys you're reading? Are those like basement guys who got 4,000 followers or? What do you mean? Those are like legit NHL scouts that put that out there.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely absolutely. they're nhl scouts and hey, this is what hey, they're talking man. about they're Going not saying he's a the- bad defenseman they're saying <laughs> that he is just he's a solid huck uh, moving he's a good skater so he can probably yeah. play in the nhl but guess what there's there's 10 guys in the minors there's there's tons of guys in the minors they can bring up that are the same thing as him.
1: I gotta find that NHL Scouts uh hey, Twitter account.
2: I gotta find all these guys that the Sabres have in the minors that can come up right now. I and, do and, too. There's and, ten of them. Hey, how I about give, uh, Mike,
1: I gotta give Mike Weber a phone call and see hey, hey Van see how the rotation down there. Riv
2: Riv chopped you off to make that point, right as you said, I agree with Petey. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, say you know what's
1: crazy? This is like the fourth Tuesday in a row. Where I'm like, oh, later this week, I think savers are gonna be out or in. And they're still in it. I cannot believe it. What's going on?
2: I've written them off for the, every every week for the last five <laughs> I weeks. I cannot believe like, it. Our the literally the show our last show last <laughs> week was titled Dead in the Water or Done yeah. Like Dinner or something like that.
1: But it's been like this for four weeks.
0: I don't know right now. It's almost right now. You're sitting here and. If the Islanders lose their last game. (laughs) Okay. They will have 91 points. I know. 41 wins. 91 points. If the Pittsburgh Penguins lose one game.
1: But take them out of it. I I, see. I I had my coffee this morning. I'm looking at this just like you did the Islanders. If they lose their last game. They're at 91. Yes. Florida has only one game left.
0: Okay. Let's just. That's
1: against the Carolina Hurricanes, right?
0: And the Carolina needs that game.
1: Carolina needs that game. Carolina
0: needs the game in the biggest away.
1: So it's 91 and 92. So you actually, if you win your three games, you're in.
0: Listen, if Pittsburgh wins one of the next two games, they'll be at 92 points with Florida. If the Sabers win their next three games, they're at ninety-three points.
1: That's what I'm saying. You don't even have to look at Pittsburgh. You look at the teams. That only it's have like only shitballs.
0: Left.
2: Well, do you know who's? even <laughs>
1: possible. Do
2: you know, <laughs> who, <laughs> you know whose destiny the Sabers' hands lie in right now? As I say Lindy that Ruff? Right, Lindy Ruff, yeah, the head oh, coach of the uh, last team that made the playoffs for the Buffalo Sabers. If he wins this game, he buries the fucking Sabers.
1: Yeah, I guarantee you, Lindy is on Red Bull number five already this morning. He's probably on his fifth one right now.
2: <laughs> does he want to bury the Sabres, you think?
1: Well, let me ask you this question. No, I shouldn't say. It. Yeah, yes, he, wants he
2: does. To bury them. Listen,
0: Banner, you think he wants to bury them? Hell yeah. Super simple. If you're Lindy Ruff, do you want to play the Rangers in the first round of the playoffs? or do you want to play one of Florida the Islanders Pittsburgh or Buffalo which one of those teams you want to play in the first round of the playoffs you want to play those four teams or you want to play the rangers it wouldn't I be do buffalo. not want to play the rangers
1: wouldn't be buffalo
0: okay okay
1: right cuz they, bu- they would have to they would have to win yeah. tonight to get to that top spot
0: yeah yeah But you're right.
1: It would be the Pittsburgh Islanders of Florida. I'll take those teams any day, all day over Carolina or the Rangers.
0: No question. Yeah. No question. And not only that, like this is such a difficult game for the, for the team because they're in a situation where they're, you know, New Jersey has to win this game because if the islanders if the rangers win their last game and the and let's just say hypothetically the uh, new jersey loses their last two games they're they're going to lose out in the uh, home ice advantage right like these games mean something it's like oh my god like come on rest your players you made the playoffs already like just give us the backup goaltender <laughs> take out take out your top players and just rest them that's what uh, i need my last note on the sabers
1: Levi, he'll never see Rochester.
2: Yeah, we're taking some smash on that one too, Riff. Like we're we're getting we're getting hit on for that as well. I,
1: I mean, said it two weeks ago. Put him in. Yep. It's going to spark the team. You did. You have you nothing did. to lose, and the kid is phenomenal. I think. I mean, the way he moves, he's quick as hell, man. His 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 the way he tracks the pucks. I mean, just in the shootout alone, man, is he fast.
0: Oh, I got asked on Shred and Reagan this morning. They were asking about, you know, like, you know, what is, what is this kid doing to the um, environment in the room, the, the the confidence level and can a goaltender give you confidence? And my thought, my thought was like, you know, for myself personally going into games, you knew when Ryan Miller was in the game and you knew when Patrick Lillian was in the game. They're, they're good goaltenders. Both of them were. Um, one was a game changer, right? One was a game changer. And did it give me more po- uh, confidence in, in playing? Not really. Not really. But what I said to the guys this morning was, what this young guy has done has sparked a room. They He's sparked a room. Like, Everybody's heard about Devin Levi for since the trade a couple years ago, and he's lived up to his expectations going to college and having two insanely good years in college. And now all of a sudden he's showing up this smaller in stature goaltender. But the guy's like a bloody cat. You look him in the shootout last night, he had to go against Patrick Kane, Zabanajad, Panarin. These are some of the best shootout guys of the age group, and he looked incredible. Yes. and I just think the whole overall environment in the room, they're happy they they know that it's right there and and things mean something so Thomas, by yeah. you saying
2: that you don't think he's going to ever see Rochester, is that you saying that he's automatically the starter and gets fifty five sixty games next year? are you saying maybe he splits the season with somebody and you kind of slowly integrate them into a, a a full season in the NHL. I mean, what?
1: Well, that what, that that to me depends who is who's your other guy, right? That would be my first question, and then I can give you a better answer.
2: Okay, so they have UPL and Comrie under contract next year. So before Levi was ever even signed, I think yeah, everybody else realistically was like Levi is going to be in Rochester, and they'll go with UPL and Comrie.
1: Well, I think we know that that. He'll be the one guy if those are the guys that are around, because he is the number one guy right now when the games are meaningful and you have a chance to play. To on top of Rives's point, when how he insane said, is that? It's well, it's it. insane. But again, that's that's what we mentioned earlier, right? That coming from the college game, those top guys they can make that jump. It's way easier than it was ten years ago, twenty years ago. It's just it's just the way it is. But on top of Rivers' point with Millsy and I know he put uh, Patty Lalim out there, I think he's right about confidence. I think the biggest difference is when you go to a game with a guy like Ryan Miller or a Carey Price, who I played with, or Bobrovsky, you know they can steal your games. That's the biggest difference, in my opinion. Yes, you don't have yes. to have your best. And maybe this guy is going to, you know keep you in the game for a period, a period and a half. And finally you can, you know, you get a turnover, a power play, and then something sparks your team. He is a type of guy to me who can steal games. And that's a big difference. What they haven't had in many, many years.
0: Do you think it's just um, emotion for the young guy? Do you think it's like, do you understand what I'm saying? Like the guy I do? Yeah. Excitement. No.
1: Yeah. I think he just has it. I think he is just. I think the way he prepares as a young kid is, I mean, that's not something excitement does to prepare you better. I think that's something that's his routine. I mean, look at what he does on the ice, his little, you know, like I mean, he has done this before. This is, I think he anything, is the a team excitement two-faced is
2: based little shit. That's what I think. This guy comes I, off as all nice and Hey, I, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Then he gets in the net. He's like, I'm the fucking greatest.
1: Yeah, I mean you can see it in I his think interview he too.
2: I think he fools us all. I think he oh, fools yeah, us all I don't think
1: he fools anyone. I think we've been in rooms like this with guys, right? I mean, I, I listen to his interviews and I'm like, man, that kid's got some cockiness to him, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Like the shit he does, like having but the shovelers cocky. go around him. He's sitting on the on the top of the circle looking. I'm like, I fucking love it. I just it's cocky,
0: it was, but in a in a good in way. A, like in a good way. Like Jack Eichel was cocky. And on top of that, you knew he's beast of uh, shit. Th- th- he just was cockiness. like every single like he's looking in the stand, you know, like like look, look, looking at the ceiling. He's, well, that's the, that's the, a that's fourteen a head nods. Of, like I don't even want to be here. Well, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the
1: cockiness of 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 saying that. Fuck, I'm better than these guys. Why don't we have better players in this room? Where I, Devin Levi's cockiness is, I'm fucking good and i yeah. know i'm good and i'm going to show the worst
2: these team guys. in the nhl and i'm going to make <laughs> them better
1: right right so i love that type of cockiness so good good on that kid good on him
2: I but would be, back to I'd Petey's be standing point. standing in the mirror just like i'm so good but
1: if you get a guy like a demko or a Gibson, you know which is a pipe dream then i was then that now he now you have a 1 2 combo which you know, it seems like most teams are doing that in the NHL now, besides a few. Then you can see a you know, forty-five, thirty-seven split or something towards towards Demko and Gibson, but it, it probably makes no sense of getting that type of goalie anymore. It really doesn't.
2: Well, you almost need the guy like uh Montreal got from St. Louis. What's his name there? Jake Allen? Jake Allen. You almost need a yeah. guy like that.
1: You need a guy like that. That's that's to me. You need an older veteran in his twenties who you can need play. Craig the game Anderson still.
2: four years ago.
1: Yes, yeah. Who who's there not to take his job, but to be a, a supportive guy? You know, like a Patty Lalim
2: was. Yes, I mean how, Laleem, how
1: how yeah. great of a backup was he for Ty
2: Millsy? Conklin? Yes,
1: yeah. Fucking Ty
0: Conklin was unbelievable. So going back to Uka Ukapecalukinin, then you know if if Devin Levi has earned himself the opportunity through his play to be the guy, let's just say. Let's just say that he plays well, more of the guy. 50, 50 games next year, okay? Yeah. Um, because I'm going to, like, I mean, do you think Devin Levi is playing tonight against uh, New Jersey? He better be. Okay. So when's the last time in the last number of years that you've You've heard of a goaltender play back to back games here in Buffalo.
1: Not since it's a Ryan while. Miller.
0: It's been a while, right? So Devin Levi, I think, right now, which I think Kevin Adams sits there and goes, you know what, this is a great thing. And I'm like, shit. I mean, he's gonna be getting paid nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and we've got a great goaltender that is going to be a work in progress because he, he's gonna have his bumps. He's gonna have his bumps true through, throughout his is uh, the start of his career may not happen this year, but next year, Devin Levi is going to go through some, some heartaches. Every, every player goes through it. Well, he got shelled but, already, but they ended up winning that game. Exactly. Yeah, he put it, he, put exactly. in six. he let in six. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, listen, I mean, one, one off Rick and Owen Power standing on the side of the net. What's he supposed to do with that? One? Getting like, there, was, there was three of those six goals that were not on Devin Levi. Okay. So, but let's not go to the, that game. What I'm trying to get at is, Typically in the NHL, goaltenders are the one position that usually takes a, a longer time to develop into their position. Like when you're thinking Devin Levi coming into the NHL or Spencer Knight in Florida, first round draft pick, jumping in um, at an at an early age. This is not typical for the position. Usually it takes 24, 25, 26 years of age before certain goaltenders start to take over the net and, and get their opportunity. And you look at Uka At times this year, I think he's played really, really, really well. And at other times, he's looked a little bit off. Okay. Do you not think that he is still a goaltender, that the Sabres need to give an opportunity? This is his first year. It's his first year that he's played a full season with the Sabres. It's a learning experience. You're not going to go shit on Owen Power or J.J. Paterka at certain times of the year or young guys because that's, they're going through a learning curve. Well, it's the same as Uka Pekalukainen. Do yeah. you not think that he is earned and played well enough this year in his first full year as a Sabre at 24 years old, that he should be in this, in this um, conversation moving forward. Like, Oh, for sure. He should, he
1: should be. The, The only thing I would add, I think you're right that he did have a good stretch of games, but even in those games, he never looked to me like that guy. Like I look at Devin Levi, even the first game, the way he was tracking pucks, the the way he was going left or side by side and, and and squaring up coming out. I didn't see that. I didn't feel like that once about. Lucan and just seems to me more of a, the puck kind of hits him kind of guy. He never, you know, was super calm, super. uh, I don't know how to explain. I don't have the right words for it. It just means like he doesn't
0: have that it factor where, when you look at Levi, the first thing I, I think about, looking at him all the time because he looks really small in the net. Yeah. Right. Like even his shoulder pad, like his, his, uh, chest protection shoulder pads, some of the goaltenders in the league, it looks like they're like, you know, a gladiator, they're superhuman large. Mm -hmm. It just seems like Devin Levi if you've watched him play just in the, in this short period of time that we've watched him, he's super aggressive. He's getting at the shooter. He's coming out at the shooter, his angling and his ability to take, you know, shot lanes away is, mm-hmm. is phenomenal because yeah, he knows I, I, he's a, he's a smaller goaltender. So he has to basically go and, and challenge. Yeah. His
1: presence is just much larger than Lucan and to me. And that's, that's. That's what I like about it. I you know re- what else is crazy? Because we talked about the Sabres still having a chance to get into playoffs. The other thing I looked at is both in the East and the West. And and correct me if I'm wrong, which there's a good chance I am. I think there's only one matchup that is set right now, and that's uh, Tampa and Toronto.
2: Yeah, that's set. Uh, you can, uh, I mean, I w- yeah, I wouldn't say Edmonton, LA set.
1: Right. There's nothing else set. That yeah. to me is, is, is isn't is that, I don't know. I mean, some, some teams have one game left, two games left. It's that, that to me is kind of, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's been like this in the past and I can't remember, but it seems like, man, there's a lot of open or movement still available within two games.
2: It is crazy to think that uh, as I look at this, there's nothing normally by now, there's a lot of things that are set already. Like who's (laughs) playing who, (laughs) you know, but I, well, maybe, yeah, you can't even say Carolina, Florida. I mean, you can't say anything is set. You can't, you cannot.
1: And I'm like, I was looking at this, having my coffee. I'm like, Jesus, the the playoffs start on Monday and we don't know know any matchups.
2: Can you guarantee me that the Boston Bruins beat whoever they play in the first round?
1: In the first round,
2: like
0: uh, if yes. if,
1: I think if 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 there's one team, I think that could give them trouble, it's the Islanders because of the goaltending and the structure. You know, they they have the sitting they have back depth
2: too. They have leadership. They have veteran you know,
1: players. Barzell is coming back. It sounds like it. So so that is a team that can stifle them. I would think. I don't think Buffalo, Pitt, or Florida. Could match up, but who knows, right? Anything can happen. I just think Boston is the additions they made to a great team already at the deadline is absolutely insane. And they're all working out.
0: I don't think there's any team, Florida Islanders pit Buffalo. I don't know whoever is in that wild card position. They're not. They're not coming close to Boston. I hate to say it. There's just Boston is so deep. They have great goaltending from both guys. Their defense core is insanely mobile, and um, you know they defend well. They have an elite defenseman also, or you can even say two elite defensemen in Lindholm and McAvoy. They've got they've got veteran pedigree and leadership. They have dynamic uh game breakers they have awesome defenders like they're one of the best penalty kills and one of the best defending teams in the league and the biggest thing that's going to put them over the top against so many teams is their depth third and fourth lines yeah. are absolutely incredible and well, guess what else see- is
1: incredible revs their fifth line <laughs> like, th- th- yeah. I mean, you're gonna look at this game one lineup and look at the scratches, and you're gonna be like, "Man, he could play in Tampa. Probably, he could yeah. probably be in Toronto's lineup."
2: Yeah, Save
1: gonna, you're, you're
0: gonna have you're gonna have a, you're gonna have guys like uh, um, <laughs> Taylor Hall, who I don't know if he's if he's back yet. He's he back. might be back. Okay, um, and uh, Felino, who I'm not sure if he's out for the rest of the season, but he, I mean, like, there's just they're so deep. They're just so deep. I just don't it's, understand how. I don't, <laughs> I don't. I don't see too many P, uh, teams in the league being able to go up against what they have. And I and you name. I name those four teams uh, that are vying for a wild card. <laughs> None of those teams have a chance. This isn't no. the Tampa Bay Lightning that lost four straight to Columbus a couple years ago. That's not. That's not happening. This yeah, is that, a, that.
1: That Columbus team was very good too, though. Let's not forget. They, they had, you know, isn't that the year they traded for Duchesne?
0: Yes. They, yes. they had they loaded up with power some guys. Too. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Dubois had the greatest playoff of his life. That series. Yeah. I think he just looked up. I think,
0: I think, uh, yeah. had, uh, had a great, uh, you know, yeah. where was. Yeah.
1: Uh, Panarin was still there at the time. I mean, that Columbus team had some stars.
2: Yeah, they. But they the were, only
1: reason I said the Islanders is because I think Sorokin is 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 a top three goaltender in this league.
2: Well, you you bring up the Islanders. How about uh, did you hear what Bo Horvat said last week or the uh, Saturday night about yeah. uh, you know Vancouver? Sounds like he's kind of retracting his statement a little bit here. Uh, yeah, probably Horvath, something he
0: shouldn't have said, right?
2: Bo Horvath I'd, you said know, that he a moment. Up. Yeah, I got caught up in the moment, meant no disrespect to the Canucks organization or their fan base. He was just incredibly excited to be part of a playoff push.
0: So,
1: whatever, just own it and Listen, go with it.
0: But how about this? How about, how about Bo Horvat? Just is like, I'm this has nothing to do with the fans. I absolutely love the fans. The city of Vancouver is absolutely insanely amazing. Okay, this has nothing. His anger has nothing to do with that. It has to do with how the team treated him. They did not want to pay him the money that he felt he was deserved. And he's moved on, signed a big ticket. And now he's, you know, he's throwing a little uh, dirt across the board there at Vancouver. It is what it is. Live with it.
1: Not a big deal. Hey, how about uh, the other thing I was going to talk about? Shootout own Power, what do we think about that move? I
0: I just about <laughs> I I just about fell off my chair last night. I was sitting uh, with my oldest son Nate. I looked yeah. at him. I'm like, I, I I was like, what the fuck are they doing? They have all these yep. guys in 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 the war chest that they middle stat and all these guys that could have yeah. went Paterka and uh, you're putting Owen Power, who's never taken a shootout before. And then all of a sudden, he scored. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's the greatest decision ever. <laughs> it's just I did the same.
1: One. I'm on the couch watching with my three boys, and I'm like, the season is on a line, and they're putting power on. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And my oldest son looks at me and goes, he must be good in practice. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. Let's see what he's got.
2: Well, do you remember, were you guys on the team when Hank Talender went in the shootout?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Riv, you no, might I not have been here, but Lindy put Hank to leaner and and we—I was kind of like, "What is going on here?" And he well, goes who, in, and he had an—he made an unbelievable move and scored.
0: Mm-hmm. But Tony Hank, Ludman too, I think. Spacho too, I think. <laughs> to, yeah. Tony Ludman was the best guy we had on the team besides Vanner and and, and I, I guess Roisy. Timmy was pretty good.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's it is what it is, but yeah, I Coda think Leak I think my oldest son, uh, you know, he's walking he was in funny. with a slap shot. Yeah, I mean it's Man. it's easy, just go in and slap her. Uh, but no, that I thought that was tremendous. I thought it was awesome. What a move too! There's patient, patient, and then just a nice little flicker over the glove.
2: Uh, Eric Carlson, Riv, you were blown away at the 100 points. Two goals last night. Puts him at 25 goals. 25 goals, 75 assists. First time since Brian Leach in 1992-93. 30 years since we've seen a defenseman get 100 points.
1: It's fucking well, who, insane.
0: Who's the happiest guy around? Mike Greer. Why? Because he'll be able to unload him.
2: Yes. Hopefully for half the price. 100%. But see,
1: you guys are nuts. I don't get it. If he is a free agent right now, right, what would you? What would he get on the open market? 11 and a half. But yet we're talking about, oh, he's so happy we got to unload him for six or seven
0: or eight. I'm not. Banner, I don't get it. I don't I get it. just said you are going to have to. You're, gonna, you're not taking any money on this contract. Like. Eric Carlson's 32 years old. He had the most storied season in the last 30 years. Okay. He had 25 goals and hundred points. He's never come close to that. His, his best year, I think is what? 78. Help me out there, Petey.
1: Yeah. Something uh, like that. Se- 78, 80. Yeah.
0: It, you know, this guy has hundred points. And if you've ever wanted to unload a player, it is Eric Carlson. He's making $11.5 million for the next four years after this year. You want to unload this guy, go and get prospects, go and get an elite prospect from, I don't give a shit who it is to bring in, you know, some younger players to change the culture of this team. There has never been a better position for Mike Greer to unload Eric Carlson because if he would have had an average year and put up like what? What did he have the last couple of years? They weren't. They weren't great years. Last 35 year, he had points. thirty-five
2: points and fifty games. Twenty-two points and fifty-two games. Forty points and fifty-six games. Forty-five points and fifty-three games. Yep. His last really good year was in Ottawa where he had nine. Nine goals, 53 assists, 62 points in
0: 71 games. And you know, it's even better when you sit there and you look at his last six years and the plus minus minus 25 plus six minus 15 minus 18 minus 14 minus 21. Go and unload a defenseman that has had a world class career. And this is the time to get rid of them. Go and get a first-round draft pick. Go and get an elite prospect, and say, "See you later," and get rid of eleven and a half million dollars off your cap.
1: But see, and and I agree with you. He has to because the Sharks are not in a position to win in the next four years.
0: And and but you here's know what is? I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a page out of Kevin Adams. I want to get rid of Carlson. Because he eats up half the game. He eats up half the game. Are they going to be able to to um, put a person into the lineup that is going to take what Eric Carlson does? No, the answer is no. But this team, San Jose, is in, is in a transition. They are going to struggle for the next two to three years, which is totally fine when you're rebuilding a team. San Jose Sharks this year are going to pick in the top five. Okay, probably fourth overall. Next year, (laughs) if they get rid of Carlson, they're going to be even worse. They're going to have a couple years of some really tough, shitty years. But that's okay. They have to rebuild. And the only way to rebuild in this game today is through the draft. Mike Greer knows that. But all I'm saying is Eric Carlson, unbelievable season, but no one's happier than Mike Greer. Because he is going to be, he's going to have an opportunity to unload this guy. I I don't
1: know if it's going to be that easy, and I'm with you. I I mean, you would think teams would be lining up to get a guy like this.
2: No one gives. How many teams are out there who have that cap space? No one gives a shit that he got 100 points. There are teams winning without him. He's on the worst team in the league, and there is a team that's going to win the cup without Eric Carlson and without a hundred point defenseman. No one's going to fucking take on that because you know what? He's like he he could go back to. Last year's Eric Carlson, next year.
1: No, no. The reason he's he's got the season is because he doesn't have Burns as his, you know, taking up all yeah. the ice time. Well,
2: that. But then also, so it his he, defense doesn't matter because the team fucking blows and they're dead last and they're rebuilding. So he can kind of go and do whatever he wants. And if if he gets caught up ice, cares.
1: Yeah, but a, a good team, you don't need him to be a hundred point guy. On a good team, if he can be a seventy point guy. That's all they want 65, 70 points. You, you're, you're only going to get 100 points if he stays with the San Jose Sharks, like Riff says, and eats up half, you know, 30 minutes of ice time. I if he know. goes and plays for the Dallas Stars, well, they don't need him to play 30 minutes. They, they, they need him to play 22, run the power play, and have 60, 70 points.
2: I wouldn't take Eric Carlson on my team for $4.5 million. I'd rather have somebody else. That's just my own.
1: Jesus That's me. Christ.
2: Mm, okay. Well,
1: you'll never all work right. enough for a team.
0: Not trying yeah. to, because I know I wouldn't. <laughs> I, I would. I would be curious to see the market on on Eric Carlson right now. You know, yeah, and me this, too. Like, I mean, there's not a lot of teams in the league that have the ability to put a defenseman in the lineup for eleven and a half million dollars. But maybe Mike Greer is going to have to take a little bit of salary, because Mike Greer knows for next he has four years left at eleven and a half million he understands yeah. that he's going to have to take a little bit uh, uh, of a chunk of this and that's going to allow mike to get a first round draft pick uh maybe a a player that is in the lineup right now and an elite prospect and you know he's he's moving a player like eric colson that eats up 25 to 27 28 minutes a night And that should be going to a younger group that is working towards understanding and playing bigger minutes. Right. So So it's going to be interesting to watch.
1: Yeah. The key for Grizzly is going to be how much can I retain, right? Like what's, what's the right number? Because obviously the, the more he holds back, the greater, the, you know, the assets coming back will be, but at the same time, you don't want to be stuck with four more years of, you know, is it two and a half? Two and a half is probably okay, but then if you if you hold back four or five, that might be too much, right? Even for the owners, they don't want to pay twenty. You know, you hold back five million, that's twenty million to a guy that is not in your lineup over four years. That's crazy. Yeah.
0: Like Mike Greer right now with the team that he has right now, like half these guys on defense, I don't even know who they are. I've never even heard of them. Okay, and on the forward line, it's the same thing. I don't even know who half the guys are on this team. They're going through a complete transition. Yeah. But you know, you I have Thomas, is... you have a Thomas Hurdle, and you have a a Logan Couture, who are their two elder statesmen, twenty nine and thirty four years old. They ba- they make eight million dollars a year which is not terrible because no one else in the team makes a lot of money. And you need to have guidance with a young group. But Eric Carlson and Edward Vlasic is probably going to be a buyout. Okay. They're going to buy him out. He makes $7 million for the next three years. They're going to have to buy him out, deal with the shit that goes along with him because they need younger players to play.
1: Yeah, I think it's gonna not come down to Greerzy. I think that comes down to ownership, right? Because you're saying Vlassex is a buyout, so that's that's six years of paying for a guy that's not in your lineup. And now, how much money can you hold with Carlson? Because that would be another four years of pain that a guy is not in your lineup. So this comes down to ownership, and not my Greer.
2: It's as simple as that. Well, look what Minnesota did. Minnesota bit the bullet. They had to. They had to take on a bunch of salary too with guys. You know,
1: well, and- that that was that was a bit different because it was so front loaded, and I guess I don't know Carlson's deal, so I don't know how much actual money he's got left. But the Suter and Parisi contract, I mean, by the end of the years, the buyout wasn't that much because they were making actual money. Yeah, of the a actual million cash dollars.
2: wasn't. It was the it was the buyout. So for the went-
1: owner, it was easy because the cash was very low. Yeah. The cap hit is high.
0: I have the to actual dollar Carlson, amount.
2: Carlson had some bonuses in there somewhere. The way so
0: Carlson, Carlson in the next four years makes eleven and a half next year.
1: And then eleven.
0: Money? Um. So his base salary is ten and a half. Then he goes to ten. Then he goes to four. Then he goes to one and a half. Okay. S- uh, the signing bonus next year is a million. It's a million after that, and then there's five million and six million.
1: <laughs> so it's all so all the dollars are still there. Nothing was front loaded.
0: Uh, a little bit, a little bit front loaded. Like it, 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 put it this way: his first year, of the contract was nineteen twenty. He had an eleven million dollar signing bonus. The second year, I, he he made fourteen five. Okay. The yeah. next year he, the next year he made t- uh, twelve million, but ten million was in a signing bonus. The next year was fourteen five nine million in a signing bonus. The next good. year after that twelve million, ten million in a signing bonus.
1: But like, the actual dollars over the next forty years are still not a million dollar like the Parisi suit. No, no, no,
0: no. no. Right. There's still some chunk to it for sure.
1: There's still a good chunk for the owner to to make a big time decision there. So
2: yep. here's what I hope for Greerzy. I hope that they are able to win the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. That would be amazing for for Greerzy. I don't know if he goes there, but it doesn't bode well for the Sabres because you know Chicago and Columbus are in those sweepstakes too, and Pittsburgh plays both of those teams for the last two games of the year. So they're going to be playing very shitty rosters probably. And the other team that we need to lose Uh, the New York Islanders, I say we, as we are playing Montreal Canadiens. So,
0: yeah, and they don't want to win either. They don't want to win. Tell you
1: what, though, we have talked about, you know, tanking. We're like, God, these teams don't tank. Ribs was always so pissed. I'm like, what the fuck are these teams doing? They're winning. Yeah. Well, I think that switch flipped about two weeks ago because those teams are tanking heavily now.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah. Columbus, Chicago, (laughs) um, have gone, gone into hibernation next level shit. Um, (laughs) because they know, like, listen, I mean, every one of those players, right. Every single one of the players, like no NHL player has ever tanked, not one. They want to win every single game. That being said, you know, the, the coaches of those teams are, are being told who to play in what situations, right. And I, 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 uh, I mean, listen, it's a, it's a dog fight for last place. Columbus blue jackets Chicago right now. They
1: are in it, man. I, I would, I told you what, I mean, I am with you. I would have started this tank six weeks ago and get ahead of Chicago. And those, if I'm Columbus to run of those teams, I would have played the E-bug every night.
2: I just don't understand how, why Johnny Goudreau signing Columbus still. <laughs> I just, I don't get it.
1: I don't get it either. I unless really they, don't. Unless
2: he literally was told, no matter what happens, we're getting Connor Bedard next year, even if no, we win the cup.
1: I just don't understand why he didn't go to Jersey. I think Jersey would have been the perfect fit for that guy.
2: They they would have never had to trade for Timo
1: Meyer. That's what I don't get. He's 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 just like Hughes. He's just like Brad. I mean, they all play the same way. That's the one team I thought he was going.
2: Hughes better get some love for the Hart Trophy this year.
1: Kid's amazing. Love you watching his get interviews. get some love
2: for the Hart Trophy.
0: Listen, there's one guy that can compete with Connor McDavid. Only one for the Hart this year. Only one.
1: Leon Dreisidel.
0: No. <laughs> Matthew Kachuk. Yes, sir. You watch him in the last number of games? They're winning these games like 3-2. He's scoring the winner like he he's got a hundred and eight points. I mean, he has had an absolute season to remember. throwing a team on his back, um I, I think he has been one of the the best players this entire season, and he he has to be in the conversation. Like, everybody's, like, listen, I mean, you can't deny, you can't deny Connor McDavid with what he's doing. He's the sixth player in NHL history to have 150 points. I get it. Guy's superhuman. Okay, we're going to be talking about Connor McDavid for is, is years Is anybody talking years. about
2: what, uh, what fucking, uh, Nate McKinnon's doing this year?
0: Yeah, he's okay.
2: But he was hurt, so he's not going to be in that. Seven points in 68 games.
1: McDavid better be. A unanimous winner. There better not be one. I don't know who votes on these things, but if one of them doesn't vote him as one, he should get his rights taken away.
0: Right. Absolutely.
1: If there's one guy who doesn't put him at one, he should never be allowed to vote again.
2: He's the most valuable player in the league. And yeah, obviously to the Oilers. But, I mean, they have Dreisaitl and, and Nugent Hopkins getting 100 points now each. Like, does it not?
1: Not 150. <laughs> no, we. I mean, it's what we said earlier, right? The league is more open. I mean, look how many 100 points. But still, to get the 150.
2: Like, Pasternak can't be put in that conversation? You can I think
0: put, Pastor, put 10 Pasternak guys in the conversation
2: for number two.
0: Oh, if you were to pick your top three, who would it be? Connor McDavid's number one.
2: Pasternak and Kachuk. Jason Robertson, how do you not put
0: his name in Man, that? I just, I, I think. That's yeah, what I'm saying. I, think, I mean, yeah.
1: the 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 number two, That's that to me is going to be more interesting because at two, I can put 10 guys and make a case for them.
0: Well, Speaking you can put Eric Carlson there. I mean, first defenseman no. in 30 years to put 100 points up. He's got 25 goals. This no. team's in the playoffs. I would, like Nate McKinnon right now has played ten, twelve less games than than most players in the league. He's got like he, hundred. You know what points. sucks? Carlson has a hundred points. What is he
2: minus what? Minus twenty one. Yep. And he's going to he's going to win the Norris.
1: Yeah, but minus twenty one. You got to think on, on shitty teams. That's kind of flawed too. Because how many empty netters do you think he's been on the ice for? Eight
0: minimum. Eight. Yeah.
1: Oh. I was gonna guess twenty.
0: I <laughs> know <laughs> they way. pull the
1: goalie every night.
0: No, they don't. Because most nights you are getting shit spanked. Yeah, or they don't want to win. Ah, <laughs> uh, see,
2: this that's is how where you tank. We, This
1: is where on Tuesday we gotta bring in like uh, a guy, a guy who sits next to behind PD, and he just pulls it up for us because I don't know how to do that stuff.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's well, an interesting stat, how many goals you've been on. I I I wouldn't even know where to begin to look for those stats. No anyway, we, we have 10 players, players in the there. NHL that have 100 points. Patterson has two games left. He has 99. Marner has 99. Jack Hughes has 96. He's got a couple games left. He could do it. And then Tage Thompson at 14 with 93. Yeah. I mean, shit, even he could do it. Yeah, he can. He could do it. I mean... They have Crazy. three games. I mean, he could absolutely do it. It stops there. But, I mean, the league is just spitting out 100-point guys.
0: You no know, is that yeah. a sneaky, under-the-cover, haven't talked about him once the entire year except for trade talk? Uh, is, that a sneaky, is that a sneaky good year? You haven't. No one said a word about him. Not one word. Who? And that's Austin Matthews. Just scored his 40th the other night, which... When the guy scores 40, it's like he had a terrible season for his standard, but he's got 85 points plus 31 and he's been kind of dinged up a little bit here and there throughout the season. I think, you know, like I'm, I'm really, really, really excited. It's, it's one of the, I I would say it's my number one for series series to watch this year in the playoffs is, is uh, Tampa Bay and, uh. Playing, uh, playing the entire Toronto.
2: hockey worlds watching that series. The entire hockey, the, Tron- world, right? the Toronto Maple Leafs are. Uh, I mean, we thought they had pressure last year. Yeah, if the,
1: if the NHL is smart, they would put that game on its own night, or like with a West Coast team, right? Like, yes. Th- th- do the do seven not and put the ten thirty th- game. Yes, do not put two games at seven because the other team who is playing at seven with Tampa and Toronto is going to get. Zero viewership.
0: So I was sitting with Nate, uh, my oldest uh, son, last night, and we were talking as we were watching the Sabres game, and he and he asked me the question. He goes, what team in the NHL do you hate the most? Like, what team do you hate more than any team? And I kind of like sat there and I was like, I oh. don't The Maple Leafs. I said, I absolutely hate the Maple Leafs. But I looked at him, and in the same breath, I said, I, I actually like them one of the top in the league. They're one of my favorite teams in the league. And he looks at me, he's like, so you hate them the most in the league, but they're one of your favorite teams. And I said, yes. I said, I don't know how to explain that, but I said, when I was young, I lived in North Bay, Ontario. I watched Toronto Maple Leafs on Hockey Night in Canada all the time got to grow and love them as, as, as a young kid. The problem is I got drafted to the Montreal Canadiens, Montreal Canadiens. Soon as you're drafted to them, you immediately learn in the environment to hate Toronto Maple Leafs. So for 12 years, I played for uh, uh, Montreal. I learned to hate Toronto. And then on top of that, I got traded to San Jose and then back to Buffalo. And who is, who's Buffalo Sabres biggest rival probably Toronto Maple Leafs the team that that has an influx of fans come into your own building and cheer for your team so you you begin to hate them again but there's something about Toronto man I I said at the start of the year PD and I talked about this for a while like do you want to see them lose in the playoffs and I'm like Man, I don't want to see them lose. I want to see them get by the first round because if they get by the first round, I think they have a team that could do some serious damage this year.
1: No, I, I, I'm I, with you. you know. And I think, I mean, that's the team that I hate the most, but I think we're far enough removed from not playing where now I watch games because I want to watch good hockey games. Yeah. And the, the Leafs, the Avalanche, like, those are t- fun teams to watch, even the Devils, right? So now I'm more of a fan than a player. Like, I don't hate anyone. I want to see yeah. good hockey. Exactly. But am I going to still enjoy when they lose to Tampa?
0: Absolutely. <laughs> no way. I don't yeah. think they're going to lose. I think Tampa Bay's <laughs> lost a step. They lost. They're, they're, they have not played well. Holy right. Make up
2: your mind. I think you, yesterday you said Tampa's going to win.
0: That's well, it's a good thing that, that they lost three games. In make a row, it they're three and seven. I think Tampa Bay has had some serious uh, hangover, you know, games where they're just not they're not in it. They just La- don't look sharp. Last now, question I'll ask before what, we get out of here. Go ahead, man.
1: I do see Toronto winning because defensively I, I, that that Ryan McDonough trade really hurt the Tampa Bay Lightning, in my opinion. That's a guy who did a lot. Now, I I don't know. I I think Toronto has enough depth, and I don't think Tampa's D is deep enough anymore, if that makes any sense.
2: Last question I'll ask you before we get out of here. Well, actually, Riv, do you agree or disagree with that? Because I made this comment the other day. I said I feel like the Leafs have gone out of their way to make sure they bolster their defense and you started naming all the defense on Tampa Bay about with Do you know how
0: many points Sergachev had this year he makes eight and a half million dollars eight and a half shmilly
1: 45 50 would be my guess
0: 60 nine goals 60 points plus 10
1: do you remember that trade
0: (laughs) Listen, Vanner, Vanner, Vanner. Don't even start this. Okay. I'm going to get irritated. I don't want to get irritated. It's a great day today. Sun came up. Petey and I sat at the goddamn draft. What year was that, Petey? 16? Matthew's year. Austin Matthew's year. Hmm. Petey and I sat at the draft. We were actually at the draft. We were doing a live show. Doing a live show. It was an unbelievable. <laughs> a live And all we talked about show. is the defensemen that Buffalo were going to take because Buffalo a flow is really light on D really light on D. So we're talking about circuit We're talking about McAvoy. We're talking about all of these defensemen that could have been drafted. And all of a sudden they walk up and they say, oh, we're going to pick from Sweden. Uh, Alex Nylander.
1: Oh, that was the Nylander year.
0: Riv and, <laughs> and I were live on each other. We
2: were live on the fucking air. And we there was like the, like they, we were told by our old radio boss Alan Davis seven seconds is awkward silence on the radio. Like we we heard the Alex Nealander call because Sergachev was there, McAvoy was there, Chicken was there. Okay, they were all on the board, and maybe only all Olevi, monster. D maybe only Ole Olevi might have been there too, unless he just went early. Was Heiskan a dead year too? No, that was Dahlin's nope. Dahl- nope. year. No, no, yeah, okay. Um. And Riv and I I was like, uh do you remember Riv? We were sitting there fucking shocked. <laughs> I was shocked. like, what the fuck did
0: is this a joke? Like,
1: what, I think we gotta that? go. I think we gotta go back to the draft now and do a live show because now there's no producer, you can just be like,
2: What the fuck is this? Yeah, <laughs> oh my god. And the funny like... thing
0: is that here's here's the other crazy thing about it, Vanner. Before the NHL draft, that PD and I were at because it was here in Buffalo. PD and I were at the combine, and PD and I were sitting up in the stands doing a live show up there and watching Sergachev do the the Wingate test, the bike test. Do you remember that test? His legs were the size of both of mine put together. Like one leg were like tree trunks. The ass on the kid at the age of 18 was ungodly. And I thought he was going to rip the goddamn pedals off the bike. And I'm like, this is our pick. This is our <laughs> pick. We are picking him 100% because he is an animal. And then all of a sudden we go pick Alex Nylander, who I don't even know where he is right now. He's probably in Sweden. All right. So Van. No,
1: he scored for Pitt the other day. Ah, oh, stop, Banner.
2: Listen to this. Uh-
1: but, anyways, wrote, is that Steve Eiserman? Sorry, Petey. Steve yeah. Eiserman's best trade?
2: No, oh, Steve Eiserman's best move was drafting Moritz Sider fifth out of fucking nowhere.
1: That was really good. But Sergeant or, or uh, was he,
0: he wasn't even rated in the first round. was he? Wasn't he? Even rated in the fourth
1: round. Yeah. No, no. Uh, but still, Sergeant for Jonathan Druin. Yeah.
0: How's that trade worked out for Montreal? Holy jumping, man. So, Van, about a a week before that draft, quickly, I
2: wrote my first ever article for the WGR website, okay?
0: Wow, I got to
1: go back and see this. No,
2: I'm going to read it to you. The the headline. It's not very long. No, it's not very long, (laughs) and it's written at a fucking grade two level. Anyway, listen, (laughs) sites set on D. That was my (laughs) title of the fucking article. With the draft lottery... A day away, realistic pick being eighth, my focus is on D in the first round. With with drafting Sam Reinhardt and Jack Eichel back-to-back, defenseman would be a great snag. Going into the draft lottery tomorrow night, Sabres fans have their eye on 6% odds to win the lottery or hopes to land in the top three. The worst-case scenario is they pick ninth, most likely eighth. Not awful, but top three gets you a surefire pick. If the eighth pick is the position the Sabres land in, I want everyone to know that in my eyes, that's okay. Three reasons. Jacob Chikrin, Oli Olevi, and Mikhail Sergachev. With the Sabres picking eighth in my realistic situation, that puts GM Tim Murray in a good spot to potentially have a chance at any one of them. He could try to find a trade partner to move up for five or a chance at Chikrin, which we didn't know he would drop that far. He didn't have the best season, but he is the most NHL ready and without question the best defenseman in the draft. We don't need to dream about the offensive guy. Yes, it would be amazing to land Matthews or one of the Finns. But in the event we don't, it's not likely you can't add an important piece to the future. Even with a top three pick, I'd love to see Murray drop a couple spots and snag another piece in doing so. Because with the emergence of Rasmus for the Bogosian pickup, McCabe, pesic and the 2015 second round pick, Brendan Gooley, the future looks bright on defense. Fuck was I wrong, eh? Uh, adding one of these three prospects I mentioned just secures your future in that position even more. People are fixated on D-pairings, left-right shots. I don't feel that's the issue. There are defensemen that prefer to play their offside. There are others who despise it and don't want to be in that position, regardless of how desperate the team is. That being said, if you can find a left-right D-pairing, whatever, fuck, here, blah, 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 blah. Sergachev has been noted as being better than Yulevi by some. And so in the event that those are the three defensemen that drafted the eighth pick, Sabres will have no choice but to pick honorable mention BU defenseman Charlie McAvoy. That's where I, and look at where we are now.
0: Pretty well written there, Petey. I'm impressed. Written by Mrs. uh, Mrs. Peter. She's an English teacher. Uh, My mom definitely edited that one for me. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Slash slash wrote it. (laughs) Anyway. That was good. So we could have had McAvoy, Sergachev, Chav, or Chikrin. And here we are. So
1: not once did you mention Alex Nylander, huh?
2: No, because Murray I did, must have not read your Sabres, article because technically what I was saying there was Tim Murray would be a fucking idiot to draft a forward.
1: That's what I'm saying. He did not read your article.
2: No, he did read my article and out of spite <laughs> opted against it. anyway van great job producing the show today you brought every topic to the table you did all the transitions you've turned yourself into quite a podcast host and i look forward to hearing your your own show anything to add rib before we get out of here
0: um do or die tonight yep do or die can't wait can't wait to watch the sabers what's that
1: rough against the sabers that's gonna be the title right there.
0: This is where this is where the big boys gotta step up. You gotta play. You need you need the full team to play well. You need great goaltending, but you need the big boys on on the offense to uh step up here. Lindy Ruff can absolutely screw over the
2: Sabres tonight. What an amazing, what an amazing scenario to be put in here.
1: Yeah, he's on Red Bull
2: number six right now. <laughs> That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at CraigRivet52, at The Instigator 76 And You can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.